Hey, horror huns! It feels like it's been so long since we did this, but I know <laughs> it it has felt like. But we've only for you guys, we haven't missed a week. But for us, we didn't record for a week. Yeah, so I missed you, bestie. Anyway, my name is Meg, and I am here with, as I just said, my bestie. Me, it's V. What up? Another year older. Yeah, so it's October 2nd and V is hungover. Yes, I am. So I may not be my usual, like, yeah, funny self. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be very much like, I want to die right now and oh I want to be six feet under. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so. Well, I don't like that I'm type that of kind e. of hungover. Oh, <laughs> God. I'm so sorry. I just want the ground to swallow me right now. And I yawn a lot as well, even though I've got plenty of sleep. My brain is like, no, you're so tired that you need to sleep for the entire day and do absolutely fuck all. Sometimes I just be that way. Yeah. That was me after we went to Louder Than Life because we didn't record for a week because V went to a gaming expo, right? I did, yes. And then I went to a music festival, so it was just like, we're doing things? What? We're out of the house? We were busy. Yeah, we were busy gals. Just not busy with the podcast, unfortunately. Just busy with a live stuff. Yeah, so, but literally after the music festival, I we only went for one day, and I legitimately was like, I'm 25, I feel like I'm 93, I have icy hot on my knees, my feet hurt. I just slept for 10 hours and I feel like I was asleep for 30 minutes. What is happening? So I completely Mm. understand, dude. Yeah. As much as I had fun yesterday going out, out, um, I realized why I don't go to this specific club anymore. Oh. Um, Yeah. It's a lot of like gross men coming up to you, touching you. And I got told to um, lighten up, even though I was sat enjoying myself, singing along to the songs, drinking. Guy just came over and was like, lighten up. And I just literally looked at him with the most disgusted look on my face. And I'm just like, excuse me? Who the fuck are you to tell me to lighten up? I'm enjoying myself, babes. You can fuck right off. Wait, did you say that to him? No, I just gave him this look. I was just, I was just like, in my head, I was like, who gave you the right to speak to me like that? And See? he was talking to, he was saying something to Alice and she was kind of just like, just go away sort of thing. Like, just go away. And he got up and he like stormed away. And then another guy came over and was like, oh, why aren't you dancing? Because I had like a birthday sash on and a crown. And I'm like, I just said to him, I was like, I don't want to, to be honest. And he's like, well, all right, calm down. And Alice told him to jog on as well. <laughs> and then Alice was like, I feel like you're fucking guardian right now. And I'm like, I don't know why. These okay. men are just gross. I See, <sighs> if we go out together and that happens, I'm the type of person that would be like, I would pop off. I would have lost my shit on that dude. And then they would have all been like, whoa, what the fuck? I just won't stand for shit like that. So... Especially if I've been drinking, like, I am not, you know, like, I'm a pretty chill person, but, like, if you piss me off, ooh, I'm gonna get really mad. 
if you say something like that, like super like misogynistic, like, oh, you need to lighten up. You need to have a good time. You need to smile. I'm like, oh, that that works me up. It was just it was it's the only alternative club really close to me. And I hadn't gone for like probably a year and a bit. And I'm like, hmm, I feel the urge to go. Let's go. Um, so we did. And pretty much halfway through the night, I just was like, turned to Alice. I was like, I remember why I don't come to this club anymore because of these fucking men. And this and, is why oh. I only go to gay bars. This is why. This, because all, no at gay, gay bars close to me. Oh, at gay bars, everyone's like, I have like, to travel yes, to London. Girl. You look so good. You're looking so fine. How are you tonight? Ooh, where'd you get that yeah. top? I, that's why I love gay bars. Honestly, I feel so safe in gay and lesbian bars, LGBTQ plus bar, cl- clubs and bars. I feel so safe in them. But at just standard clubs, I feel so unsafe. There's one guy there who's there last night who is like a regular at this club, and he is always smashed like he is always so fucking drunk and oh he i remember the last time i went i I went with i think um i can't remember who i was with but it was another girl and we was and he this guy was just being too much too gross and we said something to i think one of the bouncers and they were like oh no he's harmless don't worry about him he's a regular Ew. I only remembered that after I had we had finished for the night. I'm like, mm, yeah, I don't think I'm going to go back to that club because if yeah. they're going to excuse that behavior, I don't want to be around it anymore. Yeah. I'm too old for no. it. I am too queer for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too pent up with rage to be honest i almost got into a fight with somebody at that music festival that we went to and it was a man he had (laughs) screamed (laughs) he had screamed to the security guard that somebody was biting him and i turned around and it was a group of girls who had been there for hours behind me and they were like no she didn't so like obviously i'm gonna believe the woman and he i guess knew a security guard and he got this girl kicked out so then he was boasting about it and um then he legitimately like bulldozed up towards me and like smashed into me and so I was standing there and we've like I've been there for hours and he was like on top of me and there was a bunch of crowd surfers he was on me to the point where like I couldn't move this arm because he was like pushing against me so hard and he was like are you gonna fucking get them are you just gonna stand there like a bitch And I turned around and I was like, excuse me. He was like, there's a fucking crowd surfer. Are you going to get your elbow out of my ribs? And I said, I'm sorry. My elbow was there before you came up here. So if anything, your ribs are on my elbow. Like he was trying to take my spot because we were so close to the front. And he was, again, every time there was a crowd surfer, he was like, you fucking bitch. Are you going to help out? And I was like, you have pushed me into the person in front of me so closely that I can't move. Like, what do you want me to do? He was like, yeah, fucking right. And he's spitting on me. And I looked at Val and the person in front of me because the person in front of me was like, what is he doing right now? I was like, y'all. He just got somebody kicked out. And I know, I know I am the one that is about to pop off on him. And I do not want to get kicked out because I have stood here and I've had to suffer through a fucking young blood set to get to this spot where I am right now. 
I am not going to let him take this from me. But it took everything in me not to just fucking rage on this dude. I was, like, so annoyed. And then he just ended up getting out of the crowd anyway. And I was like, are you fucking serious right now? I was happy. I was thankful. I was glad. But I was like, you just spit on me, called me a bitch so many times, made this entire set unenjoyable just for you to get out of the fucking crowd. Seriously? Whatever. Anyway. But yes, I can't, I cannot with grown men that act like fucking children and make women feel unsafe. If you are a man listening to this podcast, like a a straight man listening to this podcast, please, for the love of God, whatever you do, do it with the intent of making a woman feel safe. How about that? Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's your, that's your horror huns PSA for the week. Uh, yeah, yeah. We uh, just... It just made me realize why I have not dated a man in three, four years. Because I actually cannot stand drunk men. It's funny that you say that because that's why I've never dated a man. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of don't want to ever more. But as a bisexual who's mainly predominantly dated men... And has an awful taste in men. Uh, This is why I want to be six feet under the ground. Stop it. Stop it. So let's talk about some horror news to get us, like, in a good mood, I guess. Since we've gone on a ten minute rant about how shitty our our experience have been. (laughs) Anyway. Listen, listen, listen. You know, we used to start off these episodes with stories. And we're kind of just doing a combination of that this yeah, week. It's, it's been a minute since we've talked to each other, so it's just like us just word vomiting to each other. Well, this is what we say. Our voice notes are normally mini podcasts. Yeah, literally. So why not save it all for the actual podcast, <laughs> you know? <laughs> this is a genuine conversation we're having. It's like, I enjoyed myself last time, but I really fucking hate drunk men. <laughs> yeah. Do you have much horror news? Because I think we talked a little bit about a piece of horror news that me and you very much disagree on. Yes, yes. Um, I've gone on bloody disgusting because I really haven't been on um my socials for the past week or so because life has just been very hectic. I've been very busy. So, yeah, I've just gone on Bloody Disgusting, and I'm just going to read out a few um, article headers. Okay. And I'm ready. we'll go from there. Okay, so the first one is, apparently, um, Trick or Treat sequel is very much, um, is very active development, according to Michael Daughtry. What did we talk about? I think it was in the last This or That. Would you rather have... A something sequel or a trick-or-treat sequel? And both of us were like, trick-or-treat. Yeah, we need more Sam in our lives. Like, he is one of the most underrated horror characters and has been underutilized. He's so cute and so scary. He is. Oh, my God. I just love the character so much. And he just needs more. Like, it needs more love and screen time. And I think if they do actually release a sequel, the first one will get much more love. And Sam will get much more love. Like, there's no gatekeeping here. We want Sam to get the appreciation he deserves. Sam is underrated because he is 
he's not a a being. Like he is Samhain. Like I am super excited that there's potentially going to be another one because Trick or Treat is one of my favorite Halloweeny time movies. So that makes me super excited. I hadn't seen that. So ooh, no, it was posted six hours ago. So very recent we were both asleep i think yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) when it got posted um i've only been up for an hour so checks out (laughs) i have unfortunately been up since eight because my body was like yes i got home at two i think i fell asleep at 2 30 and i was up at eight poor poor babysitter you've had (laughs) <laughs> i'm having a nap later <laughs> after this i'm gonna crash and be like bite it <laughs> um so next one the crow reboot starring bill skarsgård has reportedly wrapped production give me all of the bill skarsgård please like that makes me excited i have put off and put off and put off watching the crow i know that it's an incredible movie everyone tells me that it's just gonna be really hard for me to watch it um just knowing everything about it so um i definitely will watch the original before i watch the remake um because i'm obviously gonna watch a remake because it's bill skarsgård um but yeah it's gonna be rough a rough watch for me i think yeah definitely i mean it just felt like when they made the original the crow it from all the stories that came out it sounded like it was a cursed set so i'm very very glad with this reboot we haven't had any reports that anything bad's happened on set yeah you should definitely watch that um cursed films that i think it's shutter has done because they did a really really good episode i know they have done a twilight zone one and i've talked about it several times but yeah yes Yes, I'm going to. I haven't been on Shudder, Shudder in a hot minute, so I need to just take maybe a weekend and just watch shit on Shudder. Eli Roth's History of Horror is a perfect October watch. <laughs> or I'll, I'll watch it every single day of my life if they sponsor us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> please <laughs> oh, i told you something about hangovers do something to my brain <laughs> it's, it's um, mush it's it is mush so the gilmo del toro cabinet of curiosities trailer um got dropped the other day i have not watched it yet the trailer I uh, want to go into this but, completely blind. Well, from the picture that's on the article, <laughs> that is very accurate saying. Oh, okay. Hold on, I'm going to flip you on my phone. We're just going to do a little detour. But... Oh, oh my God. Yeah, she doesn't have <laughs> eyes. She's 100% there. <laughs> okay so funny (laughs) that is so funny but i'm so excited for this yeah yeah i just love that man so much and i don't i know his um pinocchio film is probably not gonna be horror per se but i'm very excited for his take on pinocchio um okay side note me and Meg completely forgot that my best friend Exorcism was released a couple of days ago. I've been so busy, like, it's been insane. <laughs> we have. 
<laughs> we have been lost in something like there was a lot going on in the UK. There's still a lot going on in the UK. There's a lot going on in my personal life. Uh, Meg's been trying to make lots of shit for a convention she's going to to sell her spooky ukulele horror thingy my bobs. Yeah. my flips. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't gotten a chance to watch it. I legitimately haven't even gotten a chance to watch anything that I've wanted to watch. But that seems like a really good October watch. So I'm excited. Yes. Yes. Well, hopefully one of the episodes that we're thinking of doing, we would both watch um, My Best Friend's Access and we could maybe, um, if we, you know, really did enjoy it, we could throw it in there. Heck yeah. Um, so there's two bits left. Um, we're going to save the one we talked about for the last one. But um, Okay. Apparently, Eli Roth and 50 Cent join forces for three upcoming horror movies, including Creature House. Listen. I, there is, there is a love, a passion, a fire burning in my heart for Eli Roth. His movies fuck me up in a way that intrigues me. And he is so goddamn sexy that I just let it happen. So whatever he wants to do to me, I'm okay with it. Yeah, 100%. Like whenever I see Eli Roth, I just picture him in Inglorious Bastards. That's it. Oh, him in Inglorious Bastards is just so oh my god, mouthwatering. <laughs> Inglorious Bastards is one of my favorite non-horror movies. I bonjourno. I fucking love that movie so much. Mm-hmm. I've seen that like five times. It oh my god, it's yeah. amazing. So mm-hmm. yes, I will follow <laughs> Eli Roth to the ends of the earth. Yes, but it's a. It, it's a weird combo, him and 50 Cent. It is, <laughs> but, like, we just saw Ty West and Kid Cudi, so, like, hmm, I'll yeah. allow it. But I can see Kid Cudi being a serious actor. I can't see 50 Cent, who's been bankrupt multiple times, being a serious actor. Is 50 Cent going to be starring in them? Is he producing them? Is he a co-credit? Like, what... I would need more details before I can, like, fully be like, mm, I don't know. Well, let me open the article. I accidentally clicked on the one under... Oh, I keep clicking the wrong fucking article. Today's <laughs> not going well for me. It's a very lovely picture of you, Mr. Roth. Um, okay, so the titles are The Gun, Trackmaster, and Creature House. Sign me up for Creature House. Um, Deadline reports the movies hail from a diverse group of writers, Kirkland in brackets, BMF, Power Book for Force, Justin Callen Chan in brackets, Bella, then Limited Edition, and then Dallas Jackson, Blumhouse Thriller, the system and Kevin. I'm really sorry, I cannot pronounce that surname, but he did King Killers and Underworld, um, whose stories focus on increasing um, black res- representation. Okay. Um, I mean, honestly, most of the time Eli Roth produces stuff, so I'm gonna be interested to know if he's directing these, um, because his films that he's directed 
are something. Um, yeah. So I'm going to be very interested to see how this unfolds. Yes. So they have got a breakdown of each film. So the gun comes from Kirkland Morris when a young man with a bright future seeks to get revenge for his father's murder. He finds a gun that is haunted by an evil force. Interesting. Okay. That kind of reminds me of a short. I don't think it was from, I think it was a Twilight Zone episode. But yeah, there was like um, a gun that was haunted. Well, it wasn't haunted, but it had a bullet with your name on it. And every time you tried to get rid of this gun, it would come back to you like a boomerang sort of thing. Until Ew. you basically either took your life with the bullet or used the bullet on someone else with the same name that's on it. It's very weird. Okay. I'm going to try and find it for you and send it to you. But um, anyway, um, Trackmaster is written by Justin Collinson. A Bulgarian rap duo uses a beat of mysterious origins in their new single... And, and and accidentally unleashes a ancient spirit that brutally murders everyone who hears it. After the young rappers that. make this discovery, uh, the race is on to stop the song's release. Interesting. Okay, I'm excited for this next one. Creature House is from Dallas Jackson and Kevin G. That's what I'm going to call him because I can't pronounce his surname. <laughs> so Kevin G. Um, after the ultimately the ultimate ultimately untimely our dyslexia is really bad when i'm hungover i'm so sorry okay (laughs) (laughs) after the untimely death of a legendary makeup artist and visual effects guru a group of his friends and foes gather at his studio only to find themselves trapped in the artist's horror movie ma- um, museum as the expedition creatures supernaturally come to life. Yeah, that sounds like legitimately everything I've ever wanted in a movie. So sign me the fuck up. Mm-hmm. So it's extremely important to me that through my horror slate, we focus on increasingly um, BIC, so B-I-P-O-C, representation. I feel like I have the best team in place here to do so, said Jackson. And then we get to Roth's comment. I'm a huge fan of 50 as an artist (laughs) and a producer. (laughs) The fact that he calls him 50 is insane. (laughs) Anyway. as a producer, and I'm so excited to bring these stories to life. The whole team has put together an exciting trio of films, which will terrify and thrill audiences globally, Roth said in his own words. So is, I'm guessing it sounds like he's producing it? I would assume so. I think I Roth need him might to direct be... these. Yeah, Roth will probably be directing and then 50 cent. I'm not just going to call him 50. I'm not that cool. 50 cents. Mr. Cent. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> cent. Mr. Less than a dollar um, is going to produce it. So it's okay, going to be interesting. Cool. I think for me, the most interesting one is Creature House because I yeah, love that, that sort of thing. super good. But the gun sounds really interesting to me as well. I guess we'll have to see. We will, yes. So the last bit of horror news is... 
Nosferatu is getting a remake with Bill Skarsgar and Lily Rose Depp. Yes, so it's kind of interesting because when they originally announced this, it was not Lily Rose Depp and it was Anna Taylor-Joy. So that's interesting, but yeah... I um I'm excited for it. What can I say? I know that you're not. <laughs> I just don't think Nosferatu needs a remake. And I have said it needs a remake if it's Bill Skarsgård. Uh, look, you know me, I have nothing against Bill Skarsgård, but I have the original Nosferatu on such a pedestal because it does not need to be touched. And I still stand by that. Like, even if this remake is the most fantastic thing in the world, I'll be like, yeah, okay, but I still don't think it should have been remade. Yeah, but see, I recently rewatched The Witch, and I'm like, yeah, okay, if anybody's gonna do Nosferatu, it's gonna be him. Like, I think that it's gonna be visually stunning and super creepy, and it seems like it has a good cast, so I'm behind it, I'm for it, until I see it and it's shitty, so... I guess we'll yeah. see. I'm just going to be dubious. Okay. That's it. I mean, that's fair enough. V, I have um, something we've talked about doing, and I want to do it now. Okay. I want to give you some horror hot goss. Okay. Are you ready for it? No, but sure. So this is going to be a new segment. It's not going to be every week, but if we have some hot gossip that involves a horror community, and it's about something that we've been talking about a lot, we're going to talk about it. And this is obviously not confirmed, but on the Dreadit page, which is, I guess, a Reddit page where they talk about horror updates, apparently in UK cinemas, they have been receiving Pearl merchandise, i.e. the posters, and I'm guessing the film, which means it should be coming to you soon. (laughs) And that's the hot goss for this week. Oh... That is exciting, but I am still so mad. I'm still seething that even though, yes, cinemas are receiving the merchandise, it's not getting advertised that this film is going to be released in the UK anytime soon, which is going to fuck the box office release for it. People aren't going to know it's going to be out. So it's not going to make as much money as it should do. Maybe they're going to start rolling it out soon. So fingers crossed for you. I have my fingers crossed, definitely. But I'm not getting my hopes up. Okay, that's fair enough. Well, V, so we introed October with one of our favorite horror directors. We talked about Nope. And now I know for our Halloween episode, we wanted to look into some horror movies that like really made us think about Halloween. And I know that the movie that we're talking about today, Hocus Pocus, isn't a horror film per se, but I feel like it definitely is a gateway drug. Like, We didn't start off our horror journeys watching Saw or Friday the 13th. Like, most of us had our first taste in horror as children watching things like Scooby-Doo or Disney Halloween specials. And Hocus Pocus, at least for me, is one of those movies that I can say contributed to my love for the horror genre. And I am so excited to talk about it with you today. Yeah, I definitely agree with your sentiment. Like, I was a Disney Channel kid, um, along with CBBC, but, you know, that's what it is. Um, But, you know, Hocus Pocus was a film I loved and adored. 
Halloween Town again was a gateway drug for me for like yeah. Halloween films. And I would say there are in the first one definitely there are some moments where you're like, this isn't a kids movie. Like, <laughs> um, you know, the Sanderson sisters get hanged. In a yeah. Disney movie, they show their feet dangling on oh my goats. Yeah. <gasps> no, this is one of those movies that I have to watch every Halloween. You mm-hmm. had said um, we wanted to make a list of our favorite Halloween movies for us to talk about, like I said, for the Halloween special. And this is one of those movies. Like, it is peak spooky season vibes like we watched it this year a couple days ago to get ready for the sequel that just came out and it I feel like it filled me with so much more excitement since we're actually going to Salem this year like the entire movie was I just felt like full of of wonder and like it honestly made me feel like a kid again and that's what I love about watching this movie is I can enjoy it just as much as I did when I was a kid now, even when I'm an adult. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's because it gives you that nostalgic feeling. It definitely, yeah. for me, it does. And, you know, we've obviously got one of our favorite gentlemen, our favorite actors, Doug oh, Jones yes. in it, yes. um, as Billy Butcherson. And, you know, he's just, oh, I love that man so much. But again, like finding out that one of the younger actors in the first Hocus Pocus film, hold on, I need to get his name. Because when I found this out the other day, I was shook. I was shooketh. I was oh God, I think I know shook what you're to my call. Um, <laughs> where is it? Hudson, Hudson. Yeah, Fackery. Oh my God, yeah. Sean Murray. Yeah. Played Thackeray. Yeah. Not realizing that he's grown up to be an NCIS. Wait, you didn't know that? McGee. No. I oh did my not God. Yes. Until someone on TikTok was like, oh my God, the guy who, the kid who plays Thackeray is McGee in NCIS. That cracks me up that you didn't know that. <laughs> it, it shook me to my core, honestly, because I love NCIS. I am a sucker for it. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. I, you know, NCIS, Criminal Minds, you know that sort of thing. I'm like, mm. she's eating. She's eating well. <laughs> Apparently, though, but, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't voice Binks like the cat. James Marston did. Am I like tripping or something? Because I'm pretty sure he didn't actually voice him, which I find kind of weird. It hasn't actually got a listing on IMDb. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I need to click all cast and crew. My bad. Hold on. Binks, Binks, Binks. Binks. I thought it thought it was James, but it's Jason Marsden. Um he voiced him and he has been in other things. Yes, he was he's been Max Goof in the Goofy movie. Yeah, so Which is I just still kind of one found... of the best Disney movies. Uh, that movie makes me uncomfortable, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I thought that that was kind of interesting that they didn't choose him to also voice him as a cat. But anyway, um, maybe they needed someone who they could do voice, voice acting. Actor. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, they needed a voice actor and then, you know, have an actor playing the, you know, human version. Like, you know, 
I don't know if you know, but in Star Wars, the actor who actually played Darth Vader did not actually voice him. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. So it's a weird one that you can get someone playing an iconic character, but get someone else to voice it. It's weird. Interesting. But I will say... I I kind of find it interesting from your perspective seeing this movie because the ambiance that this movie creates is stellar. Like when Val and I were watching this a couple days ago, we were like, Halloween really isn't what it used to be because this movie got Halloween like from an American perspective as a child, right? Like the decorations, the costumes, like it immersed you in the world of Halloween. Like I remember being a kid and the streets being full of children and like all the costumes and the decorations. I don't get that now as an American during Halloween. So it's interesting because I know that you guys aren't into trick or treating and stuff like that for you to see it because you never really got that as a kid. No. So if you speak to any British person, they'll say, oh, Halloween's an American holiday. Yeah, that's crazy. So it doesn't have origin in the UK and we've kind of adopted it from you guys. Like the like America's adopted St. Patrick's Day from Ireland. So, you know, even though it's not a big holiday, we still get some, we get decorations. We get stuff for, you know, like trick-or-treating. But for me, I think there was only a couple of years when I was growing up that people actually rung our doorbells to do trick-or-treating. Wow. And it was literally probably like five or six people. That's it. It's not a big thing. We don't have like Halloween festivities, like markets or anything like that. Uh, we rarely have horror conventions over here. Like, it, it's madness. But I, I love it because it's the autumn vibes. I, yeah. obviously, autumn baby. I love it when things just start to go brown and crunchy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there's a certain feeling you get when it's Halloween. I don't know how to explain it, but when it gets to Halloween, you just get this feeling in your chest like, I'm going to curl up with a hot chocolate and just watch some Halloween films. Yes. It's hard to explain. It's hard to explain. I feel like you could watch this movie any time of the year and feel that just because of the atmosphere that this movie creates. And Mm -hmm. I feel like a big part of it is the Sanderson sisters. Their on-screen chemistry is so fun. But I need to know, who is your favorite Sanderson sister? I hope we have the same. And I feel like we might. Oh, I, I think younger. Mine was definitely Sarah. Okay. I think now, because I have such a love for the actress, it's Winnie. Interesting. So Sarah was my favorite, and she's still my favorite. And I will say, <laughs> rewatching it, when she's like, can we tie up the children and let me play with them? I was like, ooh, that's a little <laughs> off watching this as an adult. But yeah, I I loved her, and I still love her. And I'm kind of surprised that the Sanderson Bimbo sister is not your favorite. I mean, I still got a love for her, but I think it's Sarah Jessica Parker, uh, older Sarah Jessica Parker, that I'm like, I could just... Oh my god, I... I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. 
But I still love Sarah. But Winnie is definitely, like, in Hocus Pocus 2, definitely, I think was, like, interesting. She's got layers. She's like an ogre, an onion. She's got layers. Big yawn. Yeah. I will say, I was enamored with Sarah, but now as a queer adult, I understand it's probably because I thought she was hot. Yeah, 100%. And everyone in this movie is hot. Like, I had a crush on Thackeray. I had a crush on Max. Rewatching it now, I'm like, God damn, even Max and Danny's dad is hot. Like, him is Dracula. Jesus Christ. I was like, wow. Wow. So spot on casting. Yeah. And, but I think that my favorite character overall is Danny because she was my favorite. Like, she was so sassy. Her costume was on point. Like, I mm. wanted to be Danny when I was little. Like, I thought she was so cool. Her costume is so iconic. Oh my God, There's no other words to explain it. It is just iconic. It is the epitome of probably what I would think Halloween costumes should be. That's what I'm saying. Like, this movie really gives you that, like, Halloween feel. I love it. And I loved it when she was basically, like, outing Max to Allison, talking about yabos. And she's like, that's Allison? Like, I just, being the little sisters that we are, like, that felt so true. <laughs> yeah, I never related to a character so much more in my life. And Literally, though. <laughs> but. You know, Billy Butcherson, I think, is my favorite character. Oh, yeah. He's aces, dude. I love him. All hail Doug Jones. All hail Doug Jones. But it's just... To play an undead character, but not make it too zombie. Yeah. Too brainless. And have charm as well. It just goes to show how great of an actor Doug Jones is. Especially, like, even as a kid watching this movie, like, I was scared of him when he first came out. And then just him telling this story and him just being Billy and not actually being scary, it made you love him even though you should have been frightened by him. He put you at ease instantly. As soon as, like, he... I was going to say, he opened his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) His stitched up mouth. But as soon as he could talk, you kind of were like, had this weird connection. I definitely felt a weird connection to him. I don't know what it was, but I was like, I love this character. I don't know why. He looks quirky and fun. That was me with Binks. Like, I love Binks so much and it made me so sad I know that we've talked about it at the end of the movie even though like he left because you know he no longer had to live with his guilt about Emily but I really enjoyed all of the characters in this movie honestly like I can't think of one person that I was like "Mm," didn't particularly enjoy them like I feel like this had a great cast Oh, 100%, yeah. And you know me, I love black cats. So obviously Banks has got a special place in my little heart. But it just had such emotion as well, this film. Yeah, it had a heart to it. Yeah. Like from the get-go, we understood, you know, who the Sanderses were, Sanderses sisters were, why they did what they did, how they ended up getting 
oft and then why we're now following this story in what would have been present day at the time and i feel like why this movie has such a cult following now because it really does like this movie is etched into a lot of people's hearts I think that it doesn't rely too heavily on the childish aspects of the film. It's still, yes, it is a kid's film, but even watching it as an adult, it's enjoyable because it has those overarching like adult themes like you talked about, like they are witches, they were hanged. It is able to blend both like this childish feeling with more adult themes and it it just works like this movie so good yeah but i feel like that with most well most of the live action 90 disney films in the 90s it felt like they didn't talk down to their audience of kids yeah. it felt like listen we're going to talk to you like you're not an adult but you have the the mental capacity, the emotional capacity to understand what's going on and we're not going to dumb it down for you. Like, obviously, you know, watching it now with definitely the hanging scene, I was like, wow, we were allowed to watch that as a kid. But really thinking about it, it was like, no, really, kids should be aware that these things did happen at that time with, you know, the um, Salem Witch Trials and Mm -hmm. things like that do happen still now to this day. Like... I think, especially now with a lot of modern Disney movies, they treat their audience, their kid audience, like they're dumb. Like they don't, they have no emotional capacity to think of anything complex. But in the 90s, this is why Hocus Pocus and Halloween Town and stuff like that are so good because they treated the audience like they they had them like... They have complex thinking skills. Yes, that one. Thank you. (laughs) That's why it still stands up to this day. And that's why we as adults can watch it and still thoroughly enjoy it. Because it's not a dumb kids movie. It is just a movie that people can enjoy at any age. Yeah, and let me say, I, as an adult, as a 25-year-old, still to this day love the the ball scene where <gasps> Max's parents oh don't believe them when they go and find them at this Halloween masquerade costume party. And the Sanderson sisters are there and they get on stage and sing. Like, that it was seared into my brain as a child and re-watching it, I'm like, wow, this still brings me joy. It's, I, it's, it's, just any time I hear, I put a spell on you. I can't not think of Hocus Pocus. Me neither. It's so many, like, there are just songs that you just attach to films. Like Superstitious by Stevie Wonder, I attach it to the Haunted, Disney Haunted Mansion movie. (laughs) Yeah. Because Raven Simone did a cover of it for the film. And that's whenever I hear Superstitious, I'm like, oh, Raven Simone. Can't imagine. So with um, I put a spell on you. It definitely takes me back to watching Hocus Pocus and just being mesmerized, like they were doing with the audience in the film. I was just mesmerized by this song and the way they performed it. Just the song that I was most mesmerized by, and I definitely would have been lured to my death, is the 
Come, little children, I'll take <laughs> thee away. I'll sing that to my dog sometime if I'm like just trying to coax them into doing something. Yeah, but even as a kid, I would be scared by that song and I would still try and do their little spells that they would say. Like, I, this movie just it was a bit of me. And I feel like this movie is nostalgia in the form of a Halloween movie. Like, it's something that I will play every year if I end up having children. It's something that they're going to watch. Like, this is such a good Halloween movie. And did you know that this flopped at the box office? I'm honestly not surprised, to be honest. Like, and I, can, I can tell you why. Go for it. What was released at the same time as Hocus Pocus? Um, not much, because it was released in July of 93. What the fuck? And I think that it's because they didn't want it to be released in October as to not compete with Nightmare Before Christmas, which came out in October of the same year. And, you know, Hocus Pocus is a Disney movie, obviously. And Burton signed for Nightmare Before Christmas to be released through Disney. But Disney thought that it was, like, too dark for their audience. So they released it under Touchstone. And I think that if that had not happened, I think that this movie would have been a box office hit. It just didn't come out when it was supposed to. I mean, it was the It movie when we were younger. I mean, it came out four years before I was born. So it had a little bit of time to find its footing, and I'm glad that we ended up getting another. Yeah. It's just a shame that they couldn't release it even they couldn't even try and release it closer to october like yeah the the month they release it in is still so far away from the month of october or halloween they could have at least tried august or september you know i'm not sure what was being released in those months but i think that it just made the most sense for them to get the most money out of it which is funny because it ended up not making money then but i know that it makes them so much money now probably not as much as nightmare before christmas but god is hocus pocus like i saw everybody posting about this facebook twitter instagram tiktok like literally everybody was talking about hocus pocus too as i should And you watched it yesterday for your birthday, right? I did watch Hocus Pocus 2 yesterday. So if you have not seen Hocus Pocus 2, this is definitely going to be a spoiler episode, I feel like. We won't get too detailed into it, but don't watch it if you don't want potentially something spoiled for you. Yeah. We have to talk about it. We waited 29 years for a sequel. We did and you know i don't think it's as good as the first one i don't think it will reach levels of i uh, like cult classic iconic status as the first one but however i did still thoroughly enjoy it i was laughing a lot Oh my god, there was one part that I was literally laughing so hard I was crying. I was making Val laugh so hard. But I agree with you. I think that this movie was more childish than its predecessor, and maybe it's just because I'm older watching it. Um, But again, like I, I watch Hocus Pocus every year, and I maybe it's just because I watched it as a child, but it just felt, like you said, a little bit more dumbed down. 
Um, but I still thought that it was decent. Yes, yes. Again, I there were moments where I was like, it feels like cringe. They're... Yeah, no, no, it felt like I don't want to say cringe because it wasn't cringe, but it made me think like, are they dumbing this down for the audience this day, like these day and age? Because some of those yeah. parts, like I think they had over explanation on some things. Um, yeah. that didn't need it because you know you the audience can figure out shit for themselves. You know, kids can figure it out. Yeah. They don't need some things written out for them, point blank in red marker, in bold text, sort of thing. Yeah, I kind of felt that the storyline was a little bit rushed. Like when they came back, I was just like, "What just happened?" Like. It ended up being revealed, like, how this happened, but it just felt, like, a little bit forced, a little bit too fast, a little bit, I don't know, it just felt a little off, like, you know? I think it's because we also had, in the beginning, um, the explanation of how Winnie and her sisters got the book, um, and, you know... That they weren't witches, but Winnie was told that she had to get married because she was 16 and stuff like that. I didn't really enjoy that part. Yeah. I, of the, I, when they, I heard that they were going to get a backstory, I was like, okay, this could be really good. But the backstory they got, I didn't get, I didn't like it. It was the only part of the film I didn't really like was the beginning part. I think that it could have been done a little bit differently. I do like that they ended up leaving because she didn't want to get married off because she is an independent woman and doesn't need any man. Um, but And she loves Billy Butcher. Yeah. Um, but she said... Which she only kissed one time, which I think is absolutely hilarious. So we got more of his backstory too. But um, yeah, it felt a little weird. Um, the f- the woods seemed a little bit off, like the blue lighting mm-hmm. and everything. Like I wish that it was more like the original, like just had natural lighting. You can make a spooky yeah. wood with that with like natural lighting because honestly, the woods at night are fucking terrifying. We don't need it to be blue lit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could tell it was a set. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely tell. But I do find it really interesting that they gave it a more modern approach because the leads were also into witchcraft. This movie, coven. Yeah, it was a very compelling arc to this new story because in the original, witches were thought of as bad, and now in this day and age, if you're living in Salem. You're, there's a fat chance that you have dabbled in witchcraft or the occult. So I thought that that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 100%. I really enjoyed the characters of Becca and Izzy. I love their dynamic. Um, I think I liked Izzy a bit more because she was very much like, nah, fuck <laughs> this shit. Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> well, I did enjoy them um because when we were watching the original i looked to bell and i was like oh my god there's literally no people of color in this movie and so Mm -hmm. it was refreshing to see that they changed that in the newest one and let me go on record and say sam richardson oh my god when i saw him i was like what is he doing here like he was the bad guy like when i saw his goofy ass up on the screen i was like holy shit and then when i put it together that he had intentionally done this he had intentionally created 
another black flame candle to get Becca and Izzy to conjure the Sanderson sisters. I was like, oh my god. And I knew that that candle looked a little fucked up when he handed it to them. Yes. Yes. I, I, when I, again, just like you, when I saw Sam Richardson on the screen, I was like, bitch. Because you know me. I love Werewolves Within. I fuck with that movie so hard. And I fuck with him in that film so hard as well. So when I saw him, I was like, I don't care if you're good or bad. I'm a fuck with you because you're my homie. You know? I... I loved like his like little pantomime intro when he was with the crowd and he he had to explain what um virgin meant to a small kid. Oh my god. <laughs> and he's like mm, virgin a virgin is um someone who um has never lit a candle before. Yeah, cuz did you know that um Hocus Pocus was the first Disney movie to say the word virgin? Scandalous. I know. But yeah, that was really good because like we talked about, the first one had much more adult themes, I think. A hundred percent. Yeah, they didn't talk down to the audience. Now, how did you feel about Book having emotions? Like, I felt like we got a lot more out of Book and I thought that it was an interesting pivot from having Binks because I feel like they kind of filled that role with the character, I'm going to call it, of Book. I think Book was one of my favorite parts of Hocus I love Book. <laughs> when he was put on the shelf and Beck was searching through and he was sweating. Oh my God. I creased at that. I was like, <laughs> he's sweating. He's really nervous. And he just kept going, opening his eye like, shit, uh, pretend you're just a normal book and just the sweat beads. And oh my God. It felt really natural as well it didn't feel like oh yeah this could have never have happened in the first one no it felt like it could have because the book is magical yeah and if if there's an eyeball that's moving on the front of a book of course it's going to be alive of course it's going to have feelings and thoughts and emotions obviously it can't fucking speak but (laughs) i think we got so much emotion out of that one eyeball (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> than we have out of a lot of things. The best performance. <laughs> yeah. Um, eyeball put in work. <laughs> um, now I want to talk about my favorite scene in this remake, which is the Walgreens scene. <laughs> it was definitely my favorite. When they were drinking the lotion, I was gagging. I was like, this is disgusting. But the part that had me legitimately crying from laughter was when Winifred slapped the absolute dog shit out of Sarah in that Walgreens. She fucking laid into her. I wasn't expecting expecting that. She slapped the shit out of her. (laughs) No, that whole Walgreens scene was hilarious when Winnie went also up to the um, sales assistant was like how many children's souls are in this and he's like none it's just like ah (laughs) well I thought that it was really smart on Becca and Izzy's thought process to do this because I mean potion 
lotion like it went well and I was sad that it got blown up but I was also laughing when they looked at themselves in that big ass mirror and they looked all crazy because those mirrors yes. do have you be looking fucked up they do it and again it it's done a great job of taking it into the modern day you know the girls dressed up as the Sanderson sisters and asked them for a picture oh my um, god yeah it goes to show that even like taking it into the real world that we look back um it's about i think even especially salem look back at the salem witch trials and realize that these were just women people yeah just people just people that were no for no reason at all accused of witchcraft even if they were witches there was no need for them to get you know murdered basically let's just call it what it is they got murdered and if you don't know about the Salem Witch Trials, go listen to the last podcast on Lyft's, um like five part Salem Witch Trial series episodes. Yeah. Anyway, it's heavy shit. But the fact that in the modern day, in the real world, we do put witches on pedestals and we look back at history and we read some of the stories of some of the women that um, had their lives taken because... Um, witchcraft was very misunderstood even if you owned a black cat you could be accused of being a witch and i will say i did like i said i did kind of like this story in the beginning because you see that all of this happened because winifred didn't want to get married at 16 and Mm -hmm. wanted to stay and live with her sisters she just wanted to continue to be a kid and be with her family so yeah i I like that. And like you said, they're just people. Now, I will say, though, I was like, are they going to do a Fear Street and have this mayor be a bad guy? Because when he was in the (laughs) beginning and then also in the present day, Mm -hmm. I was like, interesting. I'm glad that they didn't, though. No, I love Tony Hale. And when I saw him, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. (laughs) And it was. Yes, yes. And I called it to my parents that he was never going to get his candied apple. Oh, my God. I was like, when he waited in that line, I just turned to my parents. I was like, he's not going to get that candy apple. I guarantee it because of the way he was hyping it up so much. When, again, I think it's because I've watched so many films and so many TV shows. When a character goes on and on, I think it's like also Zombieland, like um, talking about With the Twinkies. Yes, like constantly talking about it, hyping it up, like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever had. And then the character just narrowly missing out or something goes wrong. Like with the Twinkies, like he shoots his gun and it like explodes a box of Twinkies. Um, So he was so close to getting them, but he was so far away. And again, with the mayor, like so close, so close to getting his candy apple that he's like, oh my God, it's life changing sort of thing. And then he has to go sort out his daughter because she's having a house party and ask people to save his spot in the queue, but they don't. So then he gets to like the back of the queue. Then he finally gets it. But then the Sanderson sisters put a spell on the townspeople when they touch him and someone took his candy apple. And he has a moment of like Shawshank redemption, just like, no, <laughs> you know, sort of thing. It was no. like, so funny. <laughs> no, I, 
One point that I will say that I didn't necessarily enjoy that much is that they put more songs in this one. Like, I know that yes. we talked about that I Put a Spell on You was very iconic, but the fact that they started singing as soon as they came out, and there was mm-hmm. a couple other songs. You know me, I'm not, like, huge into musicals, so I looked at Val after their first song, and I was like, please, for the love of God, tell me this is not going to be a musical. Please, please, please. But mm-hmm. yes, I thought that when he was in that flash mob after their song that put a spell on them, when he was like, oh my god, I'm in a flash mob, I was yeah. cackling <laughs> because I was like, I love this character. <laughs> and mm-hmm. also, if I didn't get my candied apple, I'd be sad too, so. I can't remember the last time I had one. Wow, that hurts my heart. Yeah, sorry. It's, it's again, not a thing over here in the UK. I think I had it when I was very, very young because I kept seeing it in American media and I was like, I need to try this. And I think I very enjoyed it very much. But Oh my God, can't go wrong with caramel and apples. I am really happy, though, that this movie gave more power to Sarah and Mary. Like, we got to see them have a little bit of powers in this final epic duel, and that made me happy. Like, I also was glad that Sarah got to stand up for herself in this movie. Um, a little I bit. I need to back down immediately afterwards. But yeah, but like... I was still happy to see <laughs> <Shocking>. it. <laughs> yeah, it was shocking, because she was like, no. And when he was like, excuse me? What did you say? <laughs> But I think out of that scene, my favorite part was Mary doing like blowing her finger guns going. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. I was like, when they were doing it, I was like, you were doing doing it it as well. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I knew someone had to do the blowing out the finger guns because that's what you've got to do. And you've got finger guns. You got to go. (laughs) Well, you hosted them again. (laughs) No, I definitely was not expecting this movie to pull on my heartstrings as much as it did toward the end because, you know, it really drove home that a witch is nothing without her coven. We see Mm -hmm. Becca have Izzy and Cassie by her side, the book in her hands, and I was sad when they started to dissipate and... Winifred just looked lost without her sisters and I didn't expect it to be like that emotional when they were dissipating and disappearing but just the look on Bette Midler's face when she realized like I don't want power I just want my sisters and that's what both movies have ultimately been about and it was really good and it was I felt like a good conclusion for that movie a hundred percent like I think she wanted the power to protect her sisters. Mm-hmm. So the fact when she got her power, but then it took away her sisters, I think then she felt very, very conflicted because she was like, well, what's the point of having my powers if I don't have my sisters? Mm-hmm. And it was, it was so nice that the book felt sorry for when it cried. Yeah, he felt sorry for her. Even after everything he, like, you know, she did, the Sanders assistants did, he still had that emotional connection with her. Yeah, he he still had empathy. Yeah, he's like, okay, let me help this bitch out. Yeah. I thought that it was a really interesting way to pass the torch per se they didn't necessarily Mm. have a legitimate torch they had Uh, 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 pass the candle (gasps) oh 
Um, but I will say I was kind of low-key upset that they forgave Sam Richardson's character. I was like, I'd be like, you shady as hell. I am not shopping with you. I anticipated him being there, Giles, but he would just... I didn't expect him to take a turn like that. And then they were in... He was just... He just took Billy's head off, too. And Billy was like, that's all right, brother. We're fine. We're cool. It, it was the fact that Billy was like, not again. So not again. <laughs> Um, but I, I, you know, I kind of understand why they did forgive Sam so quickly. Yeah. But it's very annoying that it was very quick. And then he kept changing the percentage of discount. I, I know. I was like, can, they should have a f- like at least a 50% discount after yeah. what you just put or them through. Everything free. Free. <laughs> yeah. Like you just realized that the Sanderson sisters passed down book to them and you're not going to give them free stuff for their coven? Like, what the fuck? Exactly. Exactly. But I do want to ask you, how do you feel about Mike, Cassie's boyfriend? Oh, my God. When Billy was like, oh, it's the village idiot. I was laughing, which is funny because he's in Cruel Summer. He, <laughs> he was, he was dumb. Like you said, they definitely dumb stuff down for the children, but um, he was all right. I mean, he was there. Yeah. Yeah. I did enjoy, I didn't enjoy him throughout the film, apart from the last bit where Becca and Izzy explained were like, you know, Becca and Izzy were explaining to Cassie, you know, why the friendship on their side fell apart and sort of thing. And Mike piped up and they were like, no, you're actually being quite horrible and yeah. being nasty. And if you say that, if you point out something's weird, that is also bullying. And it was the moment when he was like, I just thought I was making conversation. And to be honest, I felt that a bit because, you know, if you're on the spectrum, you sometimes don't realize the tone of voice you are taking with people or what you're like, how you're saying something could come across like, actually, that's very rude Mm -hmm. sort of thing. And then you'll realize like, oh, no, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just saying something to you. I don't mean to come across as like bitchy or rude. Yeah, I felt that. I felt it. Yeah. So ultimately, I I felt that this wasn't the perfect sequel, and they rarely ever are. But I felt like this movie gave a new life to our childhood favorite. Um, and I hope that there are new little Hocus Pocus fans out there and that this movie might just give them a little taste into the world of magic and horror. Because like I said earlier, like films like Hocus Pocus got me and you to where we are now with watching horror. So I think that it was, it was good. It wasn't Hocus Pocus, but it was all right. (laughs) Yeah. And the second one having a very heavy female ratio to male actors in the film, mm-hmm. especially actors of color. It felt quite nice to see that change from, you know, 1993 to 2022, how far we have come in that sort of aspect. Like you said, it's not the perfect sequel. We didn't need, you know, three or four songs in this. 
if you had just followed the same formula as the first one and have one very iconic scene with the film um, with the song it would have been a little bit better but they overdid it with the songs and you know the fact that we did have to wait you know quite a while yeah almost 30 years for a sequel is you know you kind of think like mm, considering we've been waiting this long for a sequel surely it should be better than the original <laughs> and it wasn't i will say i'm sorry but they looked they are old. I know, but like, I felt like the makeup department should have done a little something. Yeah, I mean, Bette Midler was born in 1945. Okay, never mind. Retract everything I said. They look amazing. <laughs> yeah, Bette Midler, 1945, December 1st, 1945. So Jessica Parker is 1965. And, drumroll please. For Kathy playing Mary. 1957. Yeah, they're a beautiful, amazing woman, and I retract everything I said. <laughs> um, but if you were able to watch Hocus Pocus and want to give us your opinion on it, please tweet us at Horror Huns Pod or send us a message on Instagram at Horror Huns Podcast. For the rest of the month of October, me and Fee are going to be talking next week about one of our favorite adult Halloween movies. If you catch my drift, Fee, you're looking at me crazy, but we're going to be talking and doing an in-depth look at a movie that we love to watch during Halloween time now that we're adults, as we've taken kind of a look at what we enjoyed as a child. And then for our Halloween special, we're going to be talking about like our top five movies to watch during the Halloween season. So if you join the discussion on Twitter, like I said, that is Horror Huns Pod and Instagram is Horror Huns Podcast. We would love to know. You can give us a top two, top three, or just your ultimate movie to watch during Halloween time. We would love to hear what you're saying because we're doing a fun little project for our Halloween episode. So please just send us your favorite spooky movie to watch during the month of October and we may just chat about them later this month. Mmm, yes. Very interesting, very exciting. I'm very excited. Yes, this is like my favorite month of the year. So it's 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 my favorite month of the year as well. Uh, so starts starts off with my birthday, ends with my favorite holiday. I was about to say we start with a banger and we end with a banger. So exactly. that is fun. And um, V, I have a question for you. Do you have any final thoughts for today's episode? Disney should stop dumbing down their films to the audience because kids understand a lot more than, you know, you think they do. So please stop dumbing down kids' films. And it's spooky season and a bitch is feeling spookily ookily bookily booky. <laughs> and I have one PSA before we end this episode. Billy Butcherson was not Winifred Sanderson's boyfriend. Just so everybody knows, I just needed mm-hmm. to to clear the air on Horror Hunt's podcast. We stand by Billy Butcherson, and we will die by Billy Butcherson. Amen to that. <laughs>